0: Diamond, D-I-A-M-O-N-D. A precious gem of the most valuable kind, when pure it is clear. Diamond, D-I-M-O-N-D. A family name bringing traditions of love, hard work, and moral values. This is the Diamond Education Podcast, with my mom and dad, Tony and Kelly England. Welcome to the Diamond Education Podcast with your host, John and Kelly England. We're here to help you find the most valuable education for your child.
1: We are excited to have Paul and Javon Tanner, who are the founders of Choice Academy in Bountiful, Utah. They founded Choice Academy in 2020. Javon worked in public schools for five years as a biology teacher before founding their school. Paul realized early in his college life that a personalized education would be the best education for him. Working with BYU, he created a personalized degree program. He desires his children to find their passions in education and to pursue them earlier than he did in their life. So Paul and Javon, welcome to the Diamond Education Podcast.
2: Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for what you do too.
1: Yeah, we're, we're excited. This has been a fun uh, experience for the two of us as we kind of get to know other people who are kind of pursuing education and doing things differently. So, we like to always begin with the question, what is education?
3: I would say that education is preparing
1: yeah. in, in
3: its most simplest form. It's preparing for your future. Um, and so, that's going to look different for every person and at every different stage of our life. But yeah. for me and for my children, I'd say it's it's preparing for your future. Yeah. So, that's emotionally and mentally and what you can do. that That's what I, how I would define education.
0: What led you guys to begin Choice
3: Academy? Uh, so I was a public high school teacher for five years. I had my master's in biology education, and I, I loved interactions with the students that I had at the time um, when I was teaching. I loved that part of it. I always felt like my hands were tied, and there were some really critical components that I felt like my students were missing that I wasn't allowed to do anything about Um, it wasn't any fault of teachers or administrations. It was a system. Everyone's hands were kind of tied. Yeah. I didn't think much of it. And when our kids were old enough, we just put them in public schools because that's what we did. And that's what I did. And as soon as our oldest started, I kind of went, Whoa, this isn't what I bargained for. This isn't what I was wanting. Um, But I didn't really know there were other options. So we kept going for five years. So my first, Started in public schools. And I'm I'm super grateful for what they learned there. And I'm super grateful for, for public schools. I think they play a a, a great role. Um, it wasn't a great fit for our family. They my kids did great academically. They were you know, like the, the top of their class, all of them were, but they each had something that was missing. One of them would come home crying because her legs hurt from sitting so long. One of them would um was. Bored, silly, and was kind of told uh, they just had to sit and wait and they couldn't read further and they couldn't, they had to do dot to dots in math. Another yeah. one would cry because she couldn't go out to recess until she finished her reading and, and she learned to at the time hate reading because of it. And another had this beautifully creative mind that there was just no time for. And again, right. I don't fault the teachers, I, I'm so grateful for teachers. They just were stuck, they're just stuck in a system where they, they are not free to do um, what they want to do, I think, a lot of times. So I started looking for a lot of other options. I looked for charter schools, we tried neighborhood schools. I always offered to homeschool. My, my children weren't interested in homeschooling. And then I found the book Courage to Grow, which talked about Acton Academy. When mm-hmm. Paul and I read it, we were like, this is what we want for our kiddos, but we weren't prepared, we didn't feel like we should make that decision for them. That would be a huge life change, and it would take away. I was a full-time stay-at-home mother at this point, and I loved that. And I realized what it would take away from me as a mother if we started the school. So we just put put it away, Um, and my oldest daughter, who was nine at the time, found the book, and she read it unbeknownst to us, and then came to me and said, Mom, I've got to go to the school. And I said, Honey, I'm so sorry there aren't any around here. And she just said, Well, we need to start one. (laughs) And so... My husband and I were like, oh, maybe this is what we need to do. (laughs) Then, So we just put it in their hands. We said, if this is really what you guys want, here's what it will take from me. This is how your life will change. It needs to be all you kids need to vote. So they did the research. They taught each other about it. And then they voted five to zero that we started. So we said, okay, we'll do it.
2: That's awesome. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that's that's way cool. cool. So I don't know if you remember, but I'm also a former public school educator, right? That's I'm, right. Elementary teacher and principal and I I agree like sometimes and and again I don't I don't blame the the teachers or the principals or whatever but it's it's I think it's just the nature of public education that they yeah. there's lots of bureaucratic stuff that you have to do in yeah. public education that limit your ability to actually do what's best for kids sometimes. And it's just the nature of the beast unfortunately. Yeah. So um, so what makes Choice Academy different from a traditional school?
3: Where to begin? Uh... <laughs> and,
1: and and I visited and I can tell you it's very different for sure, but maybe start with instead let's, what is an Acton Academy? And then we can go into kind of what makes Choice different from a traditional okay. school. Well, I was just thinking last
2: <laughs> night we hosted, we, we do these community kind of book clubs. It's mm-hmm. where we read a book and then we, there's a discussion and then the learner's uh, watch a movie about it and mm-hmm. then after the after the movie and they do everything they you know they run the whole event they run the discussion the adults just kind of sit back and watch which is really fun and then after the after the movie last night the children just went right to work and cleaned up you know all this candy and what yeah, <laughs> you know awesome. like there's all this food on the ground crackers and whatnot <clears throat> and they just went right to work and cleaned it all up and I thought you know, this would never happen in a typical school, you know where where they just do it, and all the parents just watch them clean up i I mean I thought that was really unique and yeah uh-huh. it's it's great to watch it makes you know it's like yes, they're responsible and they're they clean up after themselves. I don't know why that seems it seems so so little, but it, it it's almost like an integrity thing that I was seeing, and I'm like, man, these kids are awesome you know? <laughs> yeah
3: Acting academy flips learning upside down rather than having being the teacher teaching the students it's a self-driven learner-driven education so we don't have teachers we're called guides and our job is to prepare the environment and ask questions and allow the learners to learn themselves so everything that we do is the learner learning themselves when they come and they ask us questions our responses are things like What have you tried before? What worked last time? Who could answer this question for you? Where could you find this answer? So it's helping these young people learn how to learn themselves. Uh, It's much more focused on learning how to do and learning how to be rather than learning to know.
0: Uh, There's
3: there's so with the internet that the the need to learn to know is uh, changed. I don't want to say it's obsolete, but it's just changed so drastically. They have all the information that they could ever need at their fingertips. So the question now becomes, what do you do with that? And who are you? Um, but the biggest difference is that learner driven, where the learners are, there in charge, they're teaching themselves. way.
2: I would say it's also different from self-directed learning and that you're part of a community and, and you work together to, to do different games or challenges. And And also, you know, there's, they create the, the, kind of rules for the school and so they have this community that it's like a self-governing community I guess you could say learning environment yeah
1: and so that was one of the things that like I noticed when we were there is I don't remember if you I don't know if you remember Paul but when we were walking down the stairs there was a bunch of kids in the stairwell reading like they were doing their silent reading there and like hey what, what why are we reading out here well we haven't made the rule about we need to be quiet during that silent reading time yet And so like, oh, so what do you think? Like, like your questions and just that experience of like, oh, this is a problem. We haven't addressed it as a community. Like I, like that was actually a pretty interesting aspect for me as, as an outside observer walking past it. It wasn't like, hey, you can't be here reading, which would probably be something that would happen like in my school. Right. When I was teaching and stuff. Right. No, this is not where we read, we read in the classrooms, or whatever, but they they solved the problem that it was too noisy themselves. (laughs)
3: Well, and, and you know, they didn't come to an adult and say it's too noisy, right? They know right. that they're in charge and they know that they're responsible for the rules. So yeah, they'll go to town hall on Thursday and write a note about what they need to change and vote on it and they'll solve the problem themselves. Um, I, I think something that probably illustrates super well the difference is our middle school right now almost essentially runs without an adult in the room for most of the day. So yeah. I started with a launch. A launch is just where we give a little intro and then we do a Socratic discussion. So I it most mornings, but more and more the hero, the young people are starting to do launches themselves. Um, and then I essentially, I can leave for the next four hours and they set their own goals. They work on their goals. They come back in. Oh, and I always put the schedule up. So I always set yeah. the schedule for them. Um, They'll come in, they'll do their own goal check, they'll check on each other, how they did with their goals, they move on to the next thing. I mean, they're just, it's really remarkable to watch it Uh function. Adults are so really not needed, which is what we're going for. What
2: was that one? There was, we had a visitor one time, we had a a high schooler
3: come visit. Oh, yeah. What what did she say? She said, her first comment, she was in the elementary studio, and she said, it's so chaotic. But they all seem to know what they're doing. And then mm-hmm. as she was leaving and she'd watch the studio maintenance, the cleanup, she turned to her her friend. She said, these kids are scarily competent. <laughs> and we love that. Awesome. It's fr- I mean, both of those were great. There is a lot more chaos because it's young people leaving themselves, but they do. Yeah. And, and they don't always need the same quiet that adults need. Right. Uh-huh. But then they are. They are. I tell them every day, you are so competent. It's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. They're not perfect. Like heaven knows there's excitement yeah. every day but but they are competent and so much fun
0: so how do they I guess I'm trying I don't really know much about Acton John yeah. obviously visited and knows a little more but um so how do they choose their subjects do they choose them together or is it individual like what they're going to
3: learn good question look- so we break the day up into kind of two parts we have course skills in the morning and then quest in the afternoon so quest is a uh a hands-on narrative that stretches for four to six weeks so right now they're doing u.s geography and so they have an end goal of planning a five-city trip creating a brochure and taking their parents on a five-city trip so each day the guide will provide challenges and so they'll do a launch then provide challenges and that are all they're all very hands-on and that's more of a group-oriented thing and then the heroes will just complete their challenges. And then when they get yeah. stuck, ask each other. So the guide is preparing that ahead of time. Okay. Course when you say heroes, time. that's the students, right? Sorry, forgive me. Yes, we, no, our, our base narrative is the hero's journey by Joseph Campbell. That's okay. common among all actors. And so okay. rather than calling them kids or students, we really are trying to pound in this idea that they're not victims. They are heroes on their okay. own journey and they can nice. choose what they want to become. So um, we call them heroes. Yeah. Okay, forgive me should have
0: no no I no thank you
3: um so in the morning it's called course skills time and they each have a math goal we provide a couple of math programs but if parents want something different then they can they can provide that that's fine so they have a math a math year-long math goal they're working towards Uh, they have lifelong reader badges where they're reading different books they have we do have uh, a writing program that they they can do and then we have exploratory works, which are kind of mini passion projects where we're just trying to help them find their passions. That's something that we're really focusing on this year is helping young people find their passions. Because when it's something they care about, then they want to read, they want to write, they, they actually care about it. And be
2: curious, though.
3: Yeah. right. Yeah. Learning to answer, come up with their own questions. So. That morning course skills time, they have all these different things they can work on that are already established, or they can always create their own work if they want to. Um, but we we do a lot of goal setting practicing, so they're not just yeah. walking in wondering. Eh, they, they they have oh an established yeah. routine of setting a goal, making sure their goals in their challenge zone, getting it checked off with their running partner. But they have that freedom to choose any of those things that they want to work on. Awesome. We we are model is really here's the boundaries and you have freedom within those boundaries. And as they get older, those boundaries get bigger. And even in general, those boundaries are far larger than most yeah. places of education.
0: So is the running partner, is that another student?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. So partner? that's their accountability person. They have, they function in running partners for accountability. And they also have squads and a squad leader. Um, so sometimes it's the squad leader checking off. And so we push all the accountability, all the checking off to them. Awesome. I
0: awesome. yeah it, say it there's like...
2: probably there's no grades there's no tests yeah. there's no homework unless they really want to go home and do and do work which a lot of them do uh but that's still that's on their own which um, seems
1: like if if they're following their passions right it makes sense that they would go home and then yeah like, exactly keep studying yeah. about that like our daughter loves art like yeah. our oldest daughter and so like she will just go and like figure out how to draw new things or how to paint a new thing. Right. Because she likes that a lot. And so it's, it's not just this, I think boxed learning that we sometimes get right is here's the box of what you can learn, but it's, it's, it's a recreation for her as well.
3: Yeah. And, and the middle school, they've set, they set week goals every week. And so we are only four days a week. So if they haven't hit their goals, then they, Middle school should be, they usually do two to three hours on Fridays. Yeah. They're at that age and they want to meet those goals for their year. And so they end up doing work at
1: home. Right. You kind of talked about this a little bit in your kind of introduction about, um, education and stuff like that. But yeah. what was that journey like of starting a school? Like, how did that <laughs> go? Cause I mean, I, it was all smooth sailing, right? Totally.
3: <laughs> totally. No blips. Um, it's one of the scariest things I've ever done and one of the hardest, maybe the hardest thing I've ever done. I mean, I had five kids in seven years and that didn't really phase me. Truthfully, that was yeah. fine. Um, I mean, there were moments, but it really wasn't a big deal. This has stretched me as a human being more than I've ever been stretched because I'm trying to be a full-time mom, which is still my most important job that I'll ever have. But for me right now, being a full-time mom means I'm running a full-time school. So yeah. that balancing act of motherhood with um, employer, accountant, teacher. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been a lot. Yeah. It's been a lot. Um, but worth it because every day, I don't, I don't know if there's a day that's gone by that my kids haven't said, mom, thank you so much for doing this for us. They, awesome. they are so excited to go to school every day. And so as a mother, like, what more do you want for your kids? And I've seen them grow yeah. in the ways that they wanted to and in the ways that we as parents wanted them to. Um, so for as a mother to see that happen, then you you do anything for your kids to make that happen. And then you add in all the other families and how I'm hearing from their parents and from them, how it's changing their lives and how happy they are. Um, it, it just becomes worth it every day. Yeah. Uh, and
1: how is the experience as, a, as a, a teacher, you're a public school teacher, now you're a guy, like, I, you know, as a, oh, as a school how teacher, did she transition? I loved um, teaching, because I yeah. could, I, I, I loved helping the kids, like, reach their potential when they could, right? Like, I yeah. loved that aspect of, that's why I got into teaching, because I wanted to help kids, right? And so how is that aspect of just being a teacher to a guide, like, how has that transition been? And, you know, are there things that like, I don't know, you've had to, you had to do differently as a guide that would have been.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, every once in a while, I want to like pull my hair out because it is easier to sit down and explain to a child that 49 divided by seven is seven and just show them how to do it. It's so much more efficient to just direct instruct and teach them that than it is to, where have you learned this before? Who could, who could guide you? I mean, it, so sometimes it's really frustrating because you think there's a simpler way to do this. Um, but it's the long game that I'm interested in. Yeah. And it's the long game of empowering them and teaching that, guiding them to know that they can figure it out on their own. They can have the confidence. So while, well, yes, there are times that it's frustrating, what the growth that I've seen in them again, is totally worth it. It's also been super liberating. Um, I, I remember when I was a teacher and I, I taught sophomore biology and I saw all these girls that I was talking to, and I'm sure there were boys too, but it was just the girls that were talking to me and a ton of eating disorders in my classroom, just a ton. And I mm-hmm. thought, I've got to do something about eating disorders. And I went to my principal and again, not, not the fault of the principal at all, but there just wasn't room in I, I, there was, there was just no place that's really to fit it in. It's like, that's for health. Health can cover it. You have to cover everything on your core curriculum. Wow. Um, So I cheated and I like squished things together and I stuck two days of it in there, but it was like pulling teeth to do it. And I just, to have the freedom now to be able to see the needs and then be able to address those is super liberating and it feels wonderful if there's a need there's no timetable that we're on there's no schedule that we have to follow we can totally address the needs of these young people so wow. overall it's super liberating mixed in with some frustrations of efficiency that yeah. still sometimes can nag at me so
0: um i guess with that um how like what's the parental involvement you know cuz i think when cuz i get nervous with public schools that was one of my nervous things that they almost wanted to take the family role too, you know, like on those things, you know, because when yeah. I hear eating disorders, I'm like, the family needs to be heavily involved. Yeah, in that, you know, so I guess that in when you yeah. say you can address it, what does it look
3: like, you know? That's such, such a good question. So our our one of our main philosophies is that the family should be the center of a child's life, and thus should be the center of their education. So all decision making, and we're a little bit, I would say, we're unique among the Acton. Uh, community in, in our push for that. Mm-hmm. So all decision-making is run through the parents. So how many books is your child going to read this year? That's a discussion. You set that goal with your family. How much math is your child going to finish this year? That's a discussion to be set with their family. Mm-hmm. Are there individual passion projects? Talk with your parents about those. The books, especially as you get into the middle school age, the books that the, the young people want to read. Get your parents okay. It's not my okay that you need, right? That's your right. parents okay. So we push as much of the decision-making that we can to the parents. Um, any, and our goal is to teach, teach us, okay, that word there, teach the heroes how to think, not what to think. So issues that we, our goal is to give the good of both sides to the issue. Mm-hmm. And that's hard when you have strong political opinions about a lot of things, right? Yeah. Yeah. We talk as guides so much that that's gotta be our goals. We've gotta give the good of both sides, or the bad of both sides and allow them to feel free to take a side and to think about things and to discuss and feel comfortable on either side. Um, As far as some of the um, issues that are being talked about right now in the schools with uh, gender fluidity and things like that, we absolutely believe they're important issues to be talked about. We just believe the issues that need to be talked about with the family. that that is that those are family spaces so if a conversation comes up and it's hero led we don't stop the conversation we let them they're gonna they need to have those conversations um we don't bleed out on any of those topics so those are not topics that we introduce so our goal is to keep parents in the center at all times awesome and
0: no i love that because yeah the family is you know because there is many times it should be in yeah. other settings where you don't find out about it or my child will come to me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how did that have anything to do with English? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah.
1: like, right. Anyway, right.
0: And a lot of times it was the teacher bringing it up. So,
1: So Paul, I'm curious. So on your bio, on your website, it talks about your college and how you really were able to design your own college and how that actually kind of was something that you wanted for your children. So can you talk a little bit about that journey and kind of how that maybe influenced choice
2: Academy at all sure yeah so when i when I was in high school I was not engaged you know I, I was just there to have fun yeah. and uh, although I had learned about my career when I was when I was sixteen years old and it was always a dream but i didn't you know I didn't know how to get there you know i didn't I didn't know how I was going to become a reality. And when I got in college, I signed up as an art major. Uh, and I oh, was sorry, my, my dream, my dream job is, is, or was to make facial prosthetics for people who are missing a, a part of their face. And it's usually cancer patients or whatever. So <clears throat> I, I started college um, as an art major. And I quickly learned that that was not the best place for me to be if I wanted to be in you know science and you know it's like it was this really unique combination of art and science and technology wow. and and I uh, I stumbled across a brochure one day and the brochure said design your own major and I was like what you know this is <laughs> like you can do this and this was this was at the University of Utah and most major colleges have have a program like this kind of an individualized major and they're really designed for, for, um, you know, a destination, but there's no pathway. So they, you can design your own major, which, which means you can take any course you wish at the university with no prerequisites. I mean, it was the best experience I could have ever imagined for education. You know, I, I got to choose all the classes that I thought would best prepare me for, that career and so I was taking nursing classes and audiology classes and art classes and science classes social work classes anatomy classes um you know plastics processing classes i mean it was it you know it, it was just an amazing experience and and <clears throat> when i did that i was totally engaged you know i was reading textbooks between semesters you know and uh-huh. you would never uh-huh. get that in a typical like you know, I, I guess I probably was different than most college kids, you know, yeah. but um, <clears throat> it was just a totally different experience and I, and I loved it and I was engaged. And so I got better, I got better grades in college than I did in high school, just because I was so engaged and just, just so interested in, in the the subjects, I guess you yeah. say. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, if you can do that, at an earlier stage of life why, why would you not
0: you
3: yeah. know no yeah, know. That's, that's awesome. I never knew about that. I tell a quick story, yeah, from sure. that so last last week, I remember what day it was I was not in the middle school because they were doing their thing, and I was downstairs helping in one of the younger studios, and I walked up and had seven different young people come right to me. one of them said, "Well, look at this, I just I was looking studying this art history book, and can you see how the the painter painted Hebrew letters right on the mountain. And another one said, we just finished a, upholstering our chairs. We're so proud. We're so excited. Another one said, look at my Lego. I finally finished building it and coding it. And another one said, I just decided what I'm was gonna, I, what i going to do for my exploratory work. I'm going to write a play and then have the younger uh, studio perform it. I and mean, it was just all this excitement of what they were learning. And I... I was floating. I was on cloud nine because I thought this is what we've been trying to create is yeah. a place where they can do just what Paul said, be so excited about what they're learning about that they truly are are passionate about it because they have the choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that and was just a, just a snapshot that, that I'm so excited nice. about. Well, and that just so nice.
1: engaged too. To, yeah. I mean, Paul, you mentioned like you were reading stuff between semesters because you were excited about what you were learning. And it sounds like a lot of the kids will take what they're excited about and go home and and continue that. And that's, so that's the hope,
0: right? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Well, you just kind of shared one, Javon, the mm-hmm. success, but what are some other successes that you see in the lives of children that you both have seen?
3: Um, I think the, the joy of that they want to come to school. I think that childhood should be a time of joy, right? I, I, I think, I believe, yeah. ch- we believe childhood should be a time of joy. And so the fact that these heroes want to come to school. We had a week off and then the first day back, everyone was so excited to be there. And I thought, this is, this is a, this is a moment that we're providing there. They get joy in their childhood Uh, and that's, we want that for them. Our younger studio, we haven't talked much about that. It's a little, it's same philosophy, but a little twist. So they do Montessori in the morning and Reggio in the afternoon. And I walked down one day and, and, for Reggio during the Reggio time, and they were making plans and then building their plans. And they had the new tool they had learned was a hot glue gun, and oh, kind nice. of a similar thing, right? But just all of them flooding up to me, look at my waterfall, look at my house, look at my. And they were so proud of themselves that they had learned how to use a hot glue gun and draw a plan and follow through with it. Yeah. Um, but they're kind of magical every day. That younger age is kind of that they're they're creating a magical every day. A lot of highlights with the individual, individual heroes, right? So my own daughter loves to read now, loves it. I have to pull books away from her hand. Um, and, and had she been in a place where there was continually forced upon her, I don't think that would have happened. So to watch her develop that love and true passion for reading,
2: yeah.
1: such
3: a beautiful thing. Um, one of my other daughters, we were talking about the ways that they've changed or something. She said, I love to do hard things now. I love to be challenged. And before we started the school, everything was so easy for her at school that anytime she had a slight challenge, it was a full meltdown. And I remember thinking, how's she going to function in life if she can't do hard things? So to watch her ability to do hard things and to struggle and persevere, that's such a gift. Uh, Looking at other heroes at the school, we have one one amazing young person who joined us the very first year, and when she came in... um, didn't speak, was not very happy, at least at least what she portrayed. Anyhow, and now she comes into school every day, hi, and is and shares her opinions every day, nice. and just her ability to express herself and her confidence in two years has night and day difference. So I think no. those are my my biggest highlights is just moments like that. I love that. it. I love it. Uh so, so-
0: who is someone you guys, we, this is kind of a question we like to ask everyone, who is someone you admire in history?
3: I'm not a history expert, so I'm sure yeah. somebody who's a history expert would probably have things to say that or that I'm going to say wrong. But from what I know, I really admire Abigail Adams. Um, uh, I, I think that she, what from what I've learned about her, her ability to be a supportive wife, an incredible mother, while also being active in women's rights and in the revolutionary cause, I, I just think... Her ability to excel in all of those different roles and to do them well and to do them, you know, and, and again, I know that she probably wasn't perfect as a mother because she left to go with her husband. So I'm not saying she was perfect, but um, I really admire her willingness to at least try to balance those three different roles, making yeah. a difference yeah. in, in all those different areas of life.
1: Yeah, that that's actually a really interesting one because I do, I haven't read specifically about. Uh, john and abigail adams but i have i've read like you know the his uh, uh biography about washington and stuff like that but they they really were like a team which yeah. is something i really admire about them is that they they were working together like their their yes. goals were the same and because of that they were like kind of the nation's first like power couple type of a thing right and yeah. so yeah yeah so paul what about you who's somebody you admire from history
2: <laughs> you know I, I, there's a lot of people i admire and uh, and people did a lot of really difficult things in the past that that I totally look up to. So there's lots yeah. of admirations. But um, one, I, I would say, I know it's uh, it's low cliche because she chose a founding uh, <laughs> family, I guess you could say. But uh, Benjamin Franklin yeah. was just such a rich person, but rich in that, not not money, but the his life or morally, but <laughs> life was rich you know so there were so many interesting things ab- about him and i admire people who are really diverse and like think differently and who i don't know so there was ma- there was there's many interesting things
3: also yeah. abraham lincoln mask and costume, that. But- so we've been in multiple parades where he dresses as abraham lincoln and yeah gives the yeah i'm an abraham lincoln statue at school that he built wow oh wow that's awesome so. right? that's that is- also,
2: also another neat story who was you know he was really self-taught um uh, you know like he was raised with a single mom you know yeah. in kentucky like in the boonies and then he aspires yeah. to be the president and you know like just did you know he tried several times and failed and you know like the perseverance and I don't know the determination I just think is really remarkable yeah. and the whole thing with like his party affiliation and like starting a new party and like you know like <laughs> he just did things differently yeah you know? mm-hmm. and he, he did what was morally right um and in in many scenarios and just did what he thought was best and kind of ignored the consequences and in, in some ways and and anyway so yeah I think he's another person that I I admire or look up to nice. that
1: is so awesome well Paul and Javon thank you so much for being on our podcast Um, besides your website of choice academy where how can people kind of follow your work and and connect with you if they're interested in learning more about choice academy
2: actually the best place to follow it is our website because we publish a weekly blog uh, about different
3: things yeah but our website's the best or my my phone number's on the website people can call me come take a tour
0: i love that you guys thank you i've learned so much thank you for listening to the diamond education podcast You can connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
1: At Diamond Education, D-I-M-O-N-D, or on our website, diamonded.com.